Tom Vittorio. It's an honor. Wheelchair. A boulevard. Think, uh, something's wrong with the wheelchair. He say wheelchair, boulevard. Georgia. Washington. Bridge. Right. It's very good. George Washington Bridge. Very good. George Washington Bridge. Oh, old people are so fun. Welcome to Cut to Black, a Soprano sit-down. This this is the place where we watch every episode of The Sopranos and we discuss them every week. Uh, There will be no spoilers past this point of Season 2, Episode 4, Commendatory. I am Jim Scampoli. I am the second commendatory, <laughs> Jacob Burrows, and I am 16 years old now in Sopranos years because I've... No, wait. I can't count just like a 16 years old. I'm more than that. I'm 17. I'm getting up on Meadows' age. Going to get my American driver's license soon. We're to discuss, as you said, episode four, and I got to say, what a trip. I did not expect us to go to Italy, and especially not in the same episode as they bring the trip up. I, I thought, like, oh yeah, this is gonna really pay off in like the uh, towards the end of the season, and then we're just there. Well, it's a wild ride, I tell you. Yes, yeah, here we are. I mean, we're only um, four episodes into season two; they're already going to Italy. This episode was written by David Chase, a familiar name, uh, also the creator of the show, uh, yep. directed by Tim Van Patten who does go on to direct a total of 20 episodes of the series. Uh, We've only previously seen him direct The Legend of Tennessee Moltisanti. And yeah, I mean, I feel like, even though I like this episode, there is a whiff of an air of like, hey, let's write an episode where we go to Italy, and then we'll get to go to Italy. I mean, I could be wrong, but I can't help but think, the cynical side of me can't help but think that. Yeah, no, I, I get that. Uh, I would also want to go to Italy on the company dime <laughs> yeah. uh, or the mob dime, whichever is more close and large and appropriate. Um, d- d- does it feel out of place with the rest of the season? Obviously, we don't. Maybe they go to Italy every episode. I don't know after this, but uh, probably not. Does it feel a bit out of place to you? Um, not really, because, I mean, it does open it up a bit. I like the clash that we see here of, like, the American-Italian and the... Italian, Italian, Uh, and I like, I I mean, I like seeing it, and especially, I mean, at the beginning of the episode, they're talking about The Godfather 2 and the scene, you know, when they do go to Italy, Uh, so it's kind of a nice little updated take on that and maybe a more grounded real-world version of that as well. Yes, and uh, I mean, he has been told by uh, his own subconscious in Isabella that uh, he he need you really need to go, and I think this is the f- this is the first time he's gone to Italy. Tony Soprano. Yeah, I believe that's what they say, and, and it's kind of what he's talking about with uh, when they're talking about the scene in The Godfather, which I yeah. love. I it, it's very when they're all just hanging out, getting ready to watch The Godfather. It's very remin- reminiscent of that scene in uh, ep- uh, season one. When they're you know doing Godfather impressions and just BSing, like hanging out watching TV, and it's like a lot of crosstalk going on, and Tony is like kind of frustrated as well. He's like, I can't do this. I can't go over the Godfather again. 
So I can't have this conversation again. Hey, how many times have you and I said that? And then we do a whole, another episode on whatever it might be. Well, and because uh, he does go ahead, he yeah. says that, but then he goes ahead and does his favorite bit anyway because he wants to. Of course, he does. And when he does, you could tell he does want to because it's not yeah. like he's he, he kind of falls back into like uh, when he goes over to Italy and you know the the. The, the way the, the landscape and everything, and he's kind of very wishful, and he does relate it to his trip, but uh, I love the way it plays out. Yeah, and even if it is, you know, on the dime, of the old HBO dime that's brought so many people to so many places around the world, uh, it still makes uh, a lot of sense because it's all been about, like, our heritage and our past, and we, like, he values Italian people and Italian women and everything, but he's never been there and he gets to go there and see what it's like. And I think Polly's journey in this episode is almost like more of what I expected Tony to have in a way, because Tony's kind of all business. He doesn't really get to enjoy the delights of the country, except for a certain lady that is. Mm. And poor Christopher, he misses out on the delights of the country as well. Does he though? <laughs> mm. You got them. I got them special delights. Uh, yeah, Christopher. I mean, we'll go. We'll go in order. We'll go through the episode. But I mean, I'm disappointed in Christopher at this point. Yeah, it really is a bum out. I really, but I love that uh, the beginning when he's like, "There's two things on the agenda. I'm gonna go down there. I'm gonna see that crater, and uh, I'm gonna. I forget the other one, but I, I love how he's like, nothing's getting in the way of that. I tell you. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, and we'll get to it. But when he sees like the puck marks or the needle marks on this guy's arm, I really <laughs> stupidly thought, okay, Christopher's going to use his newfound drug sense to, to sniff out that this guy's no good. He can't make deals with this guy because he's a weirdo drug addict. He's going to like stab you in the back or something. But no, he's just like, oh, cool, new drug friend for me to drug with. <laughs> oh, cool, a hookup, a connect. Yeah. <laughs> Great. Um, so yeah, speaking of a hookup, uh, we do start with, uh, a lady and a guy with their kids in the car and there's like a, a scene going on about how he's trying to get this new car working. He's not familiar with the instrument panel and then the car gets boosted. Yes, they get, car I like that they make them such a cornball family. Like, um, they're so, I guess, white bread. Uh, yeah, they're arguing about the car, the kids arguing about the air conditioner, and, you know, the, the parents are arguing about the traffic, and then they get carjacked, and they even have the dog, the dog named Churchill in the back, like, it's such a quintessential American dream, and then the dog just runs, <laughs> the dog just runs away, get him, Churchill, <laughs> sick him, and, and you almost have a thought, like, oh, maybe the carjacker's gonna shoot the dog or something, but they just, like, let it out nicely, and then yeah. the dog runs down the, the street in the city and doesn't come back. Um, and Wouldn't then, it yes. be more of an American dream if it was called like Lincoln or something? The With dog? the car or oh, the dog? Uh, well, yeah, I, oh. but I don't mean like. I just mean the whole like the corny white family with the dog, uh, not necessarily the yeah. name. I get what you're saying, but like I just mean like they're just cornballs. Um, yeah. And then yes, and we get a, an N word dropped. Who else? Huh? Who else would 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 do this? By the way. And, of course, we do get the nice reveal that it's for Tony Soprano as he's scrolling through Polaroids of uh, <laughs> stolen cars. <laughs> the fucking look on his face. Tony never smiles except when he's maybe quoting the Sopranos, maybe running someone down like his Mario Kart, beating the shit out of them. Or now when he's looking over all these new cars and all this money he's going to make, he just can't contain himself. He's bursting. 
Yeah, yeah. It's 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 such a great reveal and a great reaction uh, of Tony as he's strolling uh, scrolling through his pictures. Um, and then yeah, he's meeting Uncle Junior at the doctor. This is their new like excuse slash meeting place where they can kind of talk in private. And we we actually we also find out that uh, Uncle June's never been over to Italy either, which is kind of surprising. Yeah, that seems like a running thing of them not like, which is interesting because they all have this whole image in their mind of what it's like. It's it's not unlike how uh, people in Europe, for example, or I guess anywhere come to mythologize the U.S. because we've literally seen the White House blow up more times than we've seen it in any news coverage and, and stuff like that. And, and like when I was walking around New York, like, oh, shit, there's another building I've seen explode and there's another one. They're all still standing. Um they all have this image in their mind, but they've never been. Yeah, and there's this great, I mean, there's an obvious running theme, especially with Polly's story. Like, And it wouldn't be just true for something like Italy. I, I, New York would be another good example. Like, When you're a, to- a tourist and you travel somewhere, everything's so new and cool to you. But obviously, the people that live there, they don't give a shit. Like, It's like, no, yeah. this is just my life. This is where I live. Who gives a fuck? Uh, and I love that running gag that kind of keeps popping up because I mean, especially, you know, uh, Americans going to their, their home country. Like if you're Italian or Greek or British, whatever it might be. And yeah, you build it up as like these, this is my roots. Oh my God, I can't believe it. And then everyone's just like, yeah, so what? That's like that prostitute later. It's like, yeah, right over there. That's where I, where I'm from. (laughs) Yes. Uh, exactly. So they talk about names of who's running the car operation on that side. And uh, it, generally speaking, like, yeah, we deal with him through a guy called this. And then there's a guy called that. And I didn't keep up with any of the names, but I think that's almost intentional yeah. of like, because Tony's confused when he's there and doesn't. Wait, I thought this guy was the, the guy. No, no, no. So the only really important characters are uh, the guy he's talking to, Furio, mm-hmm. and um, and yeah, obviously the old man. And we figure out that it's his, uh, yeah, it's the daughter uh, who's the boss now. Yeah, of uh, Don Vittorio. Yeah, because they mentioned Don v- Vittorio, and then yet yeah, uh, Junior does mention Furio as their main contact. Um, there is a quick moment where uh when he tony mentions going to italy and then junior says oh my car racket like and you know tony has to quickly kind of stomp that out like you know no it's his now like get over it (laughs) yeah yeah um and uh what was i going to say i don't know their their chemistry is like at a standstill junior uh, junior and tony or like yeah it's just kind of like now we're just hanging out now i'm just giving you the keys to the kingdom uh, makes me feel like Tony would have to do something pretty bad for Junior to want to kill him again. Yeah, yeah. They're, they're, I mean, there's still, I mean, in the back of your mind, knowing that, like, Richie April's kind of out there and some of the comments he made, yeah, there's still always that, that chance. But seems even with Junior having to hand things over, they seem on pretty good terms. And then Junior kind of talking about not being able to go to Italy, it does tie in with what's going on with Junior kind of, facing me you know being closer to the end of his life than the beginning of his life yes very much so uh so at home at the soprano home um uh carmilla is not super thrilled about the whole situation and meadow just keeps poking at it like ah the beaches (laughs) ah the sun and she's just cooking and stop bothering her and uh of course 
uh, never brings her anywhere. Yep. Yeah. The Tony's going on his own because it is a a business trip. I mean, and and it is at least for what from what Tony what we see happen with Tony while he's there, he is kind of all business. Um, I mean, there does happen to be like his like a real life version of Isabella that he's dealing with, uh, which kind of does help things. But he he is kind of staying on target and trying to, you know, make good with uh, the business associates over there. But of course, that's not going to wash, you know, like we've already talked about. We're seeing people that are excited to either go for the first time or people bum that don't get to go. And, you know, uh, they're, they're already pride their heritage so much and they don't get to partake in the, a nice trip. And especially they bring up, I think Tony has to bring up that there was a potential trip he's going to go on with Carmel that he had to cancel because it's football, which is their busy season. Yes, it's the Bahamas. Um, so then we have uh, Big Pussy hanging out with his friend, his FBI friend. And uh, uh, yeah, they're t- now they're talking mentions how uh, Christopher Multisani might get, uh, get get to be a made man after all, uh, just like he always wanted. And uh, Polly, I think, brings it up later. Like, this is no way to act if you want to become a made man. So I guess it's kind of up in the air. I, um, well, I mean, it is. Even, it's very interesting that they decide to even take Christopher like over whether it be Big Pussy or even someone else, because in the end, he doesn't. <laughs> help or do anything so it, it is like christopher is fair, he's he, he does a better job than Polly, who just interrupts everything yeah <laughs> so i mean it does show that like christopher is starting to get things he wants but uh you know maybe he's not handling these opportunities the best way yeah no yeah that's true like imagine last season uh episode four they're like you're coming with us to italy <laughs> he'd be like what oh my god i'm a real mobster <laughs> now he's too busy with the horse train and uh, uh, back to Pussy, though, if you do listen to what he's saying, he is giving bad information. Yeah. Because he says someone else, like, like who's taking over for Junior? And he mentions someone else, like someone we don't know. I don't know who he's talking about. Uh, and I think they he asked, like, what's the relationship like with Tony and Junior? And he's like, they haven't spoken. So, I mean, does that help maybe endear this rat piece of shit, Big Pussy, to you uh, in your ma- mafia heart? No, it's even like if he went all the way with the FBI, I'd be like, oh, cool. Like he's uh, he's a cool FBI guy. He's undercover almost at this point. Like he's really trying to bring down the mob, but he doesn't care. It just shows how much of a rat he is. He's not aligned to either side and uh, will, in fact, do horrible things to keep that all under wraps as we get into Um, because this Elvis impersonator. And I ask this almost every time there's a new character, but this character has not been on the show before, right? No, no. They, he, he, they, he does get dropped in, and it, it makes it seem like maybe you have met him before. But uh, no, Jimmy Bones, I guess, is his name. An Elvis impersonator that somehow has like a connection to, to the mob. Well, in the in the uh, Wikipedia article, it does say that he's a made man, which I don't think is mentioned in the episode, is it? No, I don't remember that. I didn't think. I just assumed he had a passing, um, yeah, uh, association. But if he's made, why is he an Elvis impersonator? Yes, and that's why it's probably just bad Wikipedia information. I was just wondering if it was like an even bigger deal that he killed a made man. But that's what I thought as well. Why the fuck would an Elvis impersonator like barely even have a connection to it? And why would he even need to worry about this guy? But uh, obviously, Big Pussy is all paranoid. Um, 
Oh, and, and yeah. Quick backup. I mean, I know this is just a little trivia, but uh, I mean, you mentioned Wikipedia. It is in the Wikipedia, so we should call it out. Not to reveal our sources, uh, <laughs> but uh, the opening scene when they're arguing about the bootleg Godfathers and the, the FBI warning, that is on a Easter egg on the Godfather DVD collection. Yes, that is true. Yeah. I also read that on the Wikipedia. Yeah. Um, but getting back to the actual show, they yeah. do a lot of talking and they got to they gotta make stuff up like crazy. And uh, he doesn't quite seem to buy it. But at the same time, it's like, does it matter that much? Well, it matters a lot to Big Pussy because he's all paranoid, even though the FBI guy is telling him, no, nah, it's, it's fine. That went fine. Um, well, Pussy doesn't feel it's, like it's, it Well, my fine. read is that I, don't, I think it did go fine. And I think yeah. uh, Jimmy, the Elvis impersonator... Is only reacting to Big Pussy's attitude, and he even like says mm-hmm. that like, "Hey, ignorant cocksucker," or whatever, or, like whatever he calls him, like you know, uh, "Thank you very much," or whatever the fuck he says to him. But I love the way it plays it out because it's it's a very playful way of uh, you know going through this. Does he know he's a rat? Where he's like, I ask myself, do I know any connected guys in Dova? And the yeah. answer is no. It's such a like weird way to do that, but I love how it plays out because it's so silly. <laughs> He's such a larger-than-life character, which is uh, appropriate because he only has a few minutes of life uh, on screen, unfortunately. Um, as you said, <coughs> geez, as he, as you said, uh, it, it, Pussy's attitude is the problem here, and uh, it's going to get him into more problems, it feels like. Because he goes out afterwards, like, hunting him down almost, but he can't spot him. Speaking of which, we get to meet his wife and uh, his recast wife. And um, they uh, are having a nice little dinner talking about how nice it must be to have your husband home. But uh, she doesn't really seem to think so. And, in fact, has a bit of a breakdown about when he came home and uh, how she realized this is horrible. Yeah, yeah, and it makes complete sense. I mean, even though she's kind of at the extremes of, like, I want to kill myself. Um, but, yeah, because you forget. I mean, we're all uh, caught up in, like, this uh, Tony and Polly thing of, like, where's Pussy? Did Polly kill Pussy? Is Pussy dead? What's going on? And then he just shows up. We forget that he has a family, and he just kind of f- fucked off on them as well. Um, and we kind of know... We kind of know that he's preoccupied, obviously, with being an informant. But also, I mean, we do get the impression that he would probably be a piece of shit to his wife regardless. Yeah. But, I mean, it, well, might, it adds an extra level, obviously, because he's so preoccupied with uh, what's going on as far as the FBI side of things. Yeah, when he just came back, I was like, uh, this doesn't seem to feel right or add up in part because of his family and that's why i like that we get this side of it because otherwise it was it did feel kind of like hey i'm back what do you want me to say and then like oh yeah there was this girl at this clinic in puerto rico and then like okay uh or dominican republic uh yeah so so it was nice to get a bit of like no there's consequences to this him disappearing and coming back um and it's not just not just a magic hand wave away because we want this character back. Yeah, and I mean, and there's it's a classic tool to see. I mean, obviously, other characters are seeing themselves through you know these characters. I mean, the obvious one is Carmilla, which we'll explore throughout the episode. But I even like that Rosalie in this uh, Rosalie April in this scene kind of really understands what she's saying. And you get the sense that Rosalie April's not that sad that uh, Jackie died of cancer. 
and not yeah. just because it was like he was suffering, but you know, it is a certain kind of life being a wife of a mob guy, and uh, there's a weird relief of not having to deal with that anymore. Yes, and what good friends they are that immediately start phoning up <laughs> yeah. everyone in the world uh, on separate lines to let everyone know immediately what's going on. Yeah, what a uh, great uh, that that's a great scene, and I believe we meet um, Silvio's wife uh, is the other lady on that call. They do mention Jimmy Altieri's wife, which is interesting because we know what happened to him. Oh right, yeah, that, of course. Um, so then we get we we already mentioned the meeting at the hotel when they meet Furio and this guy with the needle marks, and then there's the big dinner. And speaking of this confusion that Tony settles into of like, wait, who's this guy? Oh, I thought we were dealing with this other guy. Well, I want to see the main guy. No, no, he's uh, he's uh, too old, and the other guy, he's in jail, and. It's basically what would happen if any of these characters came over to the U.S. as well. Because you wouldn't say, like, of course, Tony's the big boss. Like, you don't say that ever. You just kind of hang out and you got to figure out who's the important person to talk to. Because, yes, the FBI does have your photo at the top. But you don't want to make it any easier for them and go around doing all sorts of dumb stuff. Uh, So just kind of keep it a bit confusing. Because people would come over like, okay, who's the boss? Oh, I, I dealt with uh, with uh, what's his face, um, Furio. Now nah, I, I was thinking of if they go the other way, the oh, guy who got, yes. died of cancer. Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. I talked to Jackie April. Make sure you yeah. talk to him, and then you show up and you're talking to Tony, and it's like, "Where's Jackie?" It's like, "Oh, he's uh, he's dead." <laughs> oh, okay. So you took over? No, no. I'm not the boss. Junior took over. Mm-hmm. Oh. Can I talk to him? No, he's in prison. And then you get to talk to him, and it's like, no, I'm not the boss. Tony's the boss. <laughs> um, but he won't talk business with you unless you're at a mall. So it's a very sort of similar experience for him. And he keeps getting interrupted by Polly, who's all excited about everything, except he doesn't like the food. He wants, hey, what do I want the sauce, you know? Yeah, I want, uh, <laughs> I want some, uh, give me some uh, gravy and macaroni, uh, or whatever he says. And it, and it, I think Sopranos is one of the first things that actually introduced me to this idea. Like, because being an Italian American and or just an American in general, you just assume in Italy, oh yeah, yeah, they're just eating pizza and fucking pasta all the time. It's like no, yeah. they're eating tons of fucking uh, uh, seafood and you know maybe some pasta, but with just like a little olive oil. Like they don't have heavy. It's not a lot of heavy red sauces and shit like we have here. Um, and they yeah they call it. Uh, the, the line they say in Italian is like, and you thought Germans were classless pieces of shit. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Yes, very true. I mean, that is the case that w- whenever you get food that is from a place anywhere in the world, I think it's like, this is our interpretation of uh, yeah. what you would like of this. It's like when you get a beer that's an American beer. No, no, it's brewed around here, but we adapted it for local taste buds uh the same with cuisine in general and well, yeah. of course paulie has very specific taste buds yeah and especially in this case it's like because you know you forget that uh, a lot of italians they came over whether it be like late 1800s early 1900s and yeah they kind of had the same idea of cuisine but then living in poverty and stuff you start to improvise and then things start to change and then yes you have this americanized version of it but then here in america we just assume no that's what it is uh so yeah paulie's getting a nice culture shock to what he expects and he keeps in in a hilarious fashion keeps interrupting tony to be like you try this octopus or you try this and i do like that he mentions that he has like a doctor brother 
because he's like, you know, this is my first time over. Like my doctor brother came and, and he mentioned someone else that came through, but this is his first time and he's really trying to take it all in. Yes. And then Don Vittorio shows up and everyone stands up and we get the clip from the beginning as he as it ma- it's made very clear that he's not really running things anymore. Uh, he's just basically like a Google Maps person now who just says the names of streets and things. I, I love it because they expanded a bit because he's just saying, you know, uh, like New York streets and bridges and stuff. But then later on when they're leaving, he's asking the as they're loading him up in a car, he's asking them what streets they're going to take to go home. So yeah. it's just kind of a running thing. I do like throughout this scene or throughout these this segment here, we do get the sense of like Tony is good at what he does because he picks up on the Nino guy like immediately and the way he's talking about him of how like he's clearly like self-conscious about stuff and he's trying to like overcompensate. So he's like really well at reading the room. And even uh, he kind of, even though he doesn't really believe in a female boss, he's picking up on how she is like in people's ears and kind of is running things a little bit. So I like how they, they throw some things out there to kind of show what Tony's like and why he's in the position he's in. Yeah. I mean, I also thought he's kind of, uh, recklessly and needlessly rude as well. Mm. I guess he's got to swing around his dick a little bit because he's a boss. He can't just be treated like some idiot who's going to deal with whoever off the street. But at the same time, especially later with her, it's just like, I don't know. It, 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 I've gotten to know Tony to the point that him saying like, what, me? Talk to a woman? <laughs> it's like... It, yeah, Tony, like you already figured out she's in charge and then you're going to keep saying like, no, I want to talk to your husband, even though you know he's incarcerated. And that's when it, it's like, Tony, like I get I get that you have this in your backbone or whatever, but you haven't really been acting like it. Uh, uh, right. Or I, well, don't know. I, do I read that more as it is kind of like negotiation tactics, very much in the same way where she lashes out at him and like spits and is like storms off. I feel like mm-hmm. it's a lot of give and take. I mean, t- to be fair, also, I I do be- think he does believe that and he is speaking truth, but I also think it's a uh, weird, they're, they're doing power moves to each other. Yeah, that's true. Uh, speaking of power moves, Polly is directed to the men's room, I guess in the basement, I guess maybe the servant's men's room or something like that i assumed that wasn't the like bathroom of the fancy restaurant it's hard to say because i uh they they, it's italian what do you know you never know well they go out of their way to also show like on the beach they're walking on it's littered with shit and trash like when when later on when tony and uh, i'm spacing on her name when they're walking and like having a discussion like yeah you see all these fishermen and active people in the background but there's garbage everywhere so well, that doesn't surprise me. This is supposed to be a fancy restaurant, was my thought. True, but, very uh, true. Could be, and, and could well, be I, that's probably the better read uh, is because they are fucking with him too, and they don't respect him. So yeah. it does make sense. Yes, and then outside there are some firecrackers, so they throw themselves over the wheelchair and then start beating up this kid and her mom. <laughs> and Tony's like, "Wow, that guy who led the attack. I really want him." On my crew, <laughs> the guy beating up the kid. Yes, Furio. Yeah, Furio, because yeah. uh, he 
He also like tackles and protects uh, Don Vittorio. And then, yeah, he starts slapping the kid around. The cops just speed away because they know there's no business here for them. And, yeah, Tony's really impressed because it is – these are the things that Tony has been talking about in his weird, like, uh, idealized version of what the mob is supposed to be. And this is a nice extension of, you know, like going back to having an idealized version of just Italy in the home country. He's seeing this guy who is loyal and going to – you know, put his life on the line, and plus he has no real connection uh, if he brings him back to the States. It's interesting because I definitely did not read the scene like that when I first watched it. Mm -hmm. I just saw it. I mean, even Polly Walnuts is like, (laughs) oh, that's just a kid. Come on. It was just some firecrackers. So if Polly Walnuts thinks it's over the top, Tony is usually more calm about that. I mean, he's not about hurting civilians, but obviously there is something that's impressed him about this because it's just a couple of scenes later that he's all bargaining to get this guy over on his team. And and these people who will do whatever uh, just to protect the boss and not stab him in the back. And that's the thing as well. I I don't believe that for like a second that oh we got someone from a different country they're not going to stab us in the back yeah what why why not uh because guess what he says like oh yeah they have no family ties or whatever but like and yeah i guess it's true it's mostly been his family trying to kill him we did discuss this uh last episode but still like it just means there's another crime family who's really close to you, even if you're dealing with them, like those deals could go south, right? No, yeah, I agree. I agree. Um, but I think it's more so, it wasn't so much the brutality. I think he read the most into how he threw himself on Don Vittorio to protect him. I think yeah. that was the biggest yeah. read. And also, I because both Tony and Polly are like, oh, it's just some fireworks. But then on the other side of it, if like AJ's friend snuck in the back of the Bada Bing and lit fireworks off and Polly thought the cops or someone was shooting at him, he would beat that kid up. <laughs> yeah, he found no, him. that's true. <laughs> he would beat him up. That's but, true, and I do think that guy would will probably be a good addition to yeah, the team, but, but generally speaking, yes. like, I want to bring more guys on my tame table. It's like, you only have, like, eight guys, Tony. Like, you don't want 50% of your crew to be people you don't know, do you? Yeah, back to yeah your original question. It is uh, interesting to just think that that will uh, automatically kind of just travel over to him, like, as far as, yeah, yeah the loyalty or if um, Italy would make a move. Although, I guess it's like... Why would they even make a move? Who cares? That's true. When they don't even like, they're not even in touch, clearly. Like, they just have this deal, this operation that's sort of running smoothly. Like, that's the impression you got because Junior barely even, like, he's never been to Italy and he's been in contact with a guy who speaks English. Like, they're trying to keep it all separate. So that's why it's interesting that Tony's like, let's make it less separate. Let's get some guys over here. Mm. In the next scene, he is calling Carmilla, and interestingly enough, she is cooking like red sauce and, and penne pasta. So <laughs> she's doing the traditional Italian food that uh, they are familiar with. Yeah, and, um, and Tony throws out the like, oh, but I mean, she's clearly already like been slaving on making food, and now he's like, hey, go uh, have some Chinese food or what have you. And that it's just another annoying thing. And I like some of her lines because she's even like, Oh, if this trip is exciting as this phone call, like why even bother? Like <laughs> she's really burning yeah. them, really hitting them with some roasts. <laughs> yep, yeah. Um, and uh, then he hangs up. Well, no, and, it just cuts uh, to he says, 
nothing's going on here. And then we immediately cut to his dream of him fucking oh, yeah. Annalisa in his like Roman war uh, outfit. Uh, <laughs> Which is such a Sopranos thing that I'm starting to get used to now that I'm like, yeah, of course. <laughs> like, I'm not even that phased by it at this point. Um, just like, yeah, of course. You got to get a weird Roman centurion, uh, fucking uh, Cleopatra or whatever up in here. Uh, of course. And it's just these quick cuts. And then we get even more sleeping scenes of um, <laughs> of uh, Pussy shouting about going to shove that Elvis costume up your ass and whatnot and waking his wife up when he's sleeping on the couch. So she comes in and kicks him around a bit. Um, and, yeah, that's about that, I think. And, and, and I mean, I guess um, his wife Angie uh, or Ange or whatever has – she has a better excuse, but it also shows that, like, she's not really tuned in. Because clearly, like, he's going through something here. Like, he's yelling in his sleep. It may be a bit too on the nose, like, what he's yelling, just so we, the audience, know he's having a bad dream. But clearly something's going on, and I guess she, she has more of an excuse to not really uh, want to respond to it. But she's giving him the the big pussy treatment where it's like, hey, like, stop yelling uh, you know, f- f- fuck off, <laughs> piece of shit. Yes. Although I will say I'm sure that if she's asked about those sorts of things in the past, he's gotten not happy about, oh, and True. started yelling about, don't ask about my business, this is my business woman, etc. Um, and, uh, yeah, then, uh, then do we need to say anything about the dream? Or it's so obvious and on the nose that, I mean, not the Elvis dream, the one before, like, is there anything to be said about it even? No, no. I mean, yeah, he's just, he's, he's a, like, I mean, he's more in charge than his, um, his Isabella dream, which is more about him being a baby in the old country and being taken care of. But now he's the Roman warrior that's, you know, conquering this woman, this powerful woman by fucking yes. her. <laughs> exactly. And, uh, yeah, he does get invited to stay at uh, their place and gets to a nice view from the balcony to overview her getting her nails cut, which she then collects um, for some interesting reason that she'll be brought up later. And then there's a great scene with Janice and Carmilla where Janice is talking about, uh, like, these mob men and the problems with them and stuff like that. And at the end of it, Carmilla gets a really good laugh when she starts explaining that, no, no, my guy isn't like that. Mm. Uh, it's just every other guy. He's he's sensitive. And Carmilla really gets a good belly laugh out of that in a way we don't often get to see from her. Yes, yeah, because it's... I mean, Janice isn't hiding what she's doing. It's real passive-aggressive, like... Uh, being able to kind of cut down Carmilla while talking about someone else, you know, these mob, these being married to one of these guys with their gumas and the, all this uh, extra pressure and blah, blah, blah. And even like, I mean, Carmilla kind of calls her on it, but then has to try to roast her where she's, you know, back in bed with Richie Aprile. So who's she to yeah. talk? And then, of course, but we get, we, the audience, get that knowing look as she has to walk out of the room chuckling, and then we're like, oh, no. Oh, no, my life. <laughs> my life, what have I done? Yes. Um, and so we get a series of scenes following with, of negotiation, as we've mentioned, of, like, various stages of it. And the first one is with them playing golf and uh, saying uh, he, he kind of gets an explanation of, 
yeah, there's going to be a woman boss because the guys keep killing each other or getting locked up. So I'm what's left and no one would hurt like the mother or whatever, the mother figure of their family. And so that makes sense. Um, Tony doesn't seem too ex excited about it, though. And then they go and eat dinner uh, or lunch, I should say, in a very, um, very uh, like Isabella-ish type scene. Like, he had, he's had dreamed of this type of scene, and now he gets to be here with a real physical woman getting extreme close-ups on her lips, eating the shrimp or whatever it is, and uh, all of that. All pretty distracting from his business goals. Yes, yeah, and I mean, specifically when she talks about a woman boss, she talks about how, uh, you know, men are so used to taking orders from their mothers, so it's not that big of an extension. And, of course, that's not going to sit well with Tony. And, uh, yeah, then they have lunch, and she does say that she collects her toenails because uh, enemies can make the evil on you uh, if they get, like, a piece of you, like your hair or your toenails or whatever. So nice nice little detail there. And, um, yeah, so, I mean, it is it is interesting, and, of course, it does come to, it'll come to a head towards the end where, like, it is this back and forth, like, specifically her mentioning being, like, a mother figure and the similarities with the um, the Isabella character being a mother figure, but now being like a sexual object for Tony. And Tony's always against this Freud shit about men yeah. wanting to fuck their mother. So it's really complicated things going on for poor Tony Soprano as he's visiting yes. the motherland. Ah, oh, the motherland! Ah, oh, my God! <laughs> yes, indeed. Uh, we're such a great show. He, uh, he he actually makes like a joke about like, oh, is it all right if I pass on those toenails? And she's, I love how the scene ends with her like super serious, like, well, I already burned them. Nobody gets them. <laughs> like nobody gets them, drinks the wine. <laughs> and then a brief scene where we get to see, uh, uh, like it's outside, it's very Italy. Uh, there's a guy carrying a dead pig that looks like the street sign um, from the old meat shop back home. There's old ladies sitting in a circle. And I got to say, I, I have been to Italy, and it does look exactly like this. It's very clear they're <laughs> on location. You cannot dress up anywhere in New York to look like this. It's the most Italy thing I've ever seen. And, and it is funny because, I mean, the title of the episode, Commandatory, uh, Polly keeps using that. Yeah. Um, or commendatory. And I guess what? It's the plural version. So, yeah. like, even sometimes he's just saying it to one guy. So, he look, like, it's confusing either way, I imagine, if you're just an Italian guy and some guy's just some stranger is just calling yeah. you what? It means commander or something like that. It's, yeah. It, it, uh, and then uh, there there is that little factoid when, when Polly's sitting at the, the, coffee shop or whatever it is a little table and he says it to the group of guys the guy that looks at him and looks away is david chase yes. uh with a nice little cameo and yeah people uh, italy is not that welcome of poor poly walnuts yeah no it's pretty sad <laughs> then we get to the beach with all its plastic bottles and also the waves that just sort of wash over tony's shoes as he's walking there in the wide shot uh which is uh, has got to be annoying. Um, but we get to the whole point of how he wants Naples guys and uh, 
asks for her one of her best men and she does the whole spit thing and all upset uh i mean he his thing is like oh no you should be happy to send over your guys which also i mean yeah that makes no sense yeah yeah exactly <laughs> he she is kind of right about like what is what am i getting out of this profitability is gonna go way up he says i don't know i don't know tony yeah but uh, it all yeah. comes down to like no go talk to your husband woman and she has to storm off well and it's interesting the way he's saying or no, that s- sorry I'm sorry to cut you off, right. but he says up your ass and walks off. Oh, Jim. he! Oh my God, he storms off. Mm-hmm. What? What's the? Uh, what do we think on this one? They are in the middle of a conversation. He does get uh, mad. Does get mad and leave. I want to talk to your husband about this. My husband, fuck you. I'm just going through the scene to make sure you have to fucking deal with me. Up your ass. And then he walks away. You know what? I don't know, Jim. It's pretty clear cut Fuck to you. me. Yeah. <laughs> you know what? Fuck you. Put it on the fucking counter, baby. Yes. So for those of you listening on the audio, we're now at 16 deaths, seven uh, storm outs. Well, I mean, Does... one, one rule we'll have to throw in, though, is that when it's a scene like this, it has to be Tony, obviously. It has to be Tony. It can't just be like... Oh, Carmella storms out because she's mad at Tony. These are Tony stormouts that we're counting. Very true. We haven't added anything that wasn't that now yeah. that you mention it, right? Yeah. I don't it, think so. No, we haven't. Uh, no. Nope. Good. Uh, so then uh, back home, Pussy is getting ready to go out and do some uh, business. And uh, his wife tells him about uh, the uh, tests coming back on her potential cancer death thing. And he's like, oh, yeah, great. I'll see you later. And just uh, walks out. He's I, looking for his belts. I, I, I do have to say, um, uh, this actress that plays uh, Angie Bombancero, Tony uh, Calum, I, I have to say, like, with just this one episode, and I mean, part of it is, I guess, knowing that Big Pussy's an FBI rat piece of shit, but, like, I'm fully on her side. And, I mean, obviously, yeah. we see it in scenes like this. He is being a piece of shit. But uh, I think she handles it really well as far as, uh, like her breakdown in the earlier dinner scene and just her like these are just natural things you should be getting out of a relationship never mind a married relationship and yes. uh she's really good in this yes she's very good and uh we were quick to add to the one counter but uh right in the next scene here we got pussy uh, do we count this one jim yeah. does it really count yeah. hmm. mm-hmm. let me think let me think uh yeah the uh, Sal Bumpinzero, aka Big Pussy, shows up to visit uh, Jimmy the Jimmy Bones, and he's like, "Oh yeah, you know, like that uh, that bachelor party I was talking about. It's in the area." And then as soon as he yeah. turns around, he starts beating him in the head with a hammer. So mm-hmm. let's go ahead and uh, look at the counter. That's all I hear. Yeah, it sounds like like a. a like a fucking orc in world, world in like Warcraft three or whatever, like Agasangalabanga, and they're like go off and kill something. I still don't know what that is. We'll we'll see if it makes sense further on. Yeah. Um. So then, this is after the argument. We go back to uh, back to uh, Italy, but of course, it's like uh, it's, it's like, hey, Tony, you should stay because he's all ready to storm out. He's packing his bags, in fact, and he talks to Furio like. Ugh. 
what's it like working for a woman? Like he can't even comprehend it. And Furio's like, oh, in America you do not have? And is <laughs> like he's almost getting a bit sold on the idea of heading over there already. <laughs> yeah. Well, and it's it's weird though because you know, Tony sees this guy as this loyal soldier, so he shouldn't even second get like the what the way he's wants this guy so bad because he thinks he's a great soldier. He should be even more impressed that he's like, who cares? You know, like the you, this is the life. This is what we do. I'm not concerned if it's a male boss or a female boss, but that's Tony's stupid old fashioned ways. Yes. Uh, so, uh, I mean, we get Pussy getting smacked in the face with some roses. We kind of already covered her reaction to what's going on. Um, her, uh, his his wife, sorry. And, and then we head back to Italy for this whole dinner that's at the place where she grew up, I think, or where he grew up, um, her father in Italy. Uh, they have this big family dinner, and Tony's sitting there on the steps, and he's sort of wobbling a bit, and I'm wondering how much of that is drinking. I almost read it as, like, he just ate so much fucking food, man. He just... Because yeah, he says, like, oh, yeah, for the digestion. And I, I almost think it's, like, it's like 80% food, and yeah, he had some drinks, but it's mostly the food. Well, because he even has a comment earlier when she's like, come, we're having dinner, and he's like, we just ate. Like, yeah. he, this is Tony Soprano, and the Sopranos are always eating. Even yes. he's commenting, like, oh, my God, another meal? Jesus Christ, you people and your food. And yes. this is kind of like, it's interesting because this is where he f- kind of makes a pass, basically. Like, he does a weird little, like, little touch on her leg and, like, leans in, and she kind of shuts that shit down real quick. Yeah, I suppose so. Someone calls her off, but she is uh, very happy to, yeah, get out of there. Um, so uh, then we get Carmilla trying to convince... Pussy's wife that hey this is great your husband's so good and of course we know she's actually trying to convince herself as has been you know heavily put into the episode if this was like the final scene with them it would be like uh, what was like what was her development here but the actual end s- scene where she she is there when he comes home it connects the to- the two storylines so well mm. and like they really pays off this thing of why she's convinced like we already know she's convincing her because it's what she herself is feeling but it's almost like the counter argument that she would give uh is slapped in her face in the very last scene of the episode yeah yeah i really like how um um i mean when you see it when it plays out and it happens it feels like it's obvious but no one was watching this episode and during that dinner scene realizing that we're going to see that play out with carmilla at the end you know where, yeah. you know, Angie describes how she just wanted to puke when she heard his stupid voice. And <laughs> and it's almost like uh, Carmilla was getting this weird reprieve from Tony, even though she's annoyed that he went to Italy without her. It's like this realization, like, oh, my God, he's been gone for like five days and it's been kind of great. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, really nice way to bring it all home. And then Polly's sort of hanging out, trying to talk to people on the street, uh, but it doesn't go so great. So he, he uh, I mean, in the end, he does get to have a conversation with someone he pays to be there. That's the only way he manages to get it. And even then, they're not very nice to him. So poor Polly Walnuts. Well, yeah, because it's and it's even like, you know, it's. Uh, 
the way it's played out, he's sitting there trying to have this like happy conversation, and she's just like putting water on her vagina, like wiping herself down in the bathroom, and. You know, the cliche, like the typical, what you'd expect to be like, if, if you were in this situation and you paid for sex, it's like, okay, uh, please go now. But of, but of course, and she's just expecting that. Like, okay, the, the deed's done, time to go. And then Polly's like, hey, did I tell you to leave? Because he wants to hang out and eat fruit and have a conversation about, uh, you know, where his family came from. And and, yes. and and I mean, I don't know if it's just my weird brain, but when he's like, hey, our family should have known each other. I'm thinking like, that's his daughter. That's like, <laughs> that's his cousin. <laughs> that's his cousin he just had sex with. Well, there's, an, I mean, there's the other thing that I don't, haven't completely figured out. I'll, I'll, I'll be interested in what you think. But I mean, she says she's from right over there uh, in Italian. And he says, Ariel El Pino, you're shitting me. That's where my family's from. So sh- the words she's saying translate into right over there. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's not the name of a place. So uh, my question yeah, is, yeah. what's going on? Because I, I believe him. Like, I believe that he somehow found out that, uh, like, that's what they told him they were from, like, right over there. But I don't get at what point the disconnect happens because i don't think he's there like he doesn't understand what that means i guess so you think maybe he thinks the place they're from is actually just the translation for right over there yes it would be hilarious well i think that's what it is i mean because it had subtitles on it and her subtitles say yeah it's right over there and her reaction is like uh, like yeah, it's right over there, and he's like, "Oh my God, my family's from or whatever it is, which means right over there." But I was like, "It's it's an interesting thing because it's not totally clear what's going on there." That's Except, great. I mean, it's clear it's clear what he wants out of it, but it's yeah. not clear where he got that from. Yeah, no, that's great because I didn't really pick up on it because I wasn't paying attention exactly what she was saying. I was just reading the subtitles, but uh, that's a great layer if that's what they're doing. I like that. Supposedly. <laughs> The other scene when he's talking in the street was like not scripted. It was just like an improvised thing that happened. I don't know if I buy that completely. Yeah, it's such a specific reference, like asking you if he's with NATO. Yeah. When he says he's American. Yeah. Like he tries to talk to someone else, maybe, but like that's and what's the audio like? Let's try to figure out how how. Like how good mm. the other guys... Uh... Yeah, I just listened to it. and There's quite a lot of background sound, so I guess maybe <laughs> it's believable because some of the stuff that's shot outside exterior kind of have this feeling to it that it's shot on location and on location in a city even. But yes, it's very specific uh, and it's something they would write, which is why it seems weird because yeah. he asks if he's with NATO and about some cable car incidents that i don't know what that is but apparently that was a thing yeah i was reading up on it it was um some fucking hot shot uh u.s marines were flying their aircraft too low to try to against regulations to try to have fun and take videos of the scenery and they accidentally cut a uh uh, cable supporting a gondola for a tramway and like a bunch of people, 19 people died <laughs> and uh, like nothing happened due to NATO because, you know, NATO's like a defense, like Europe, like agreement. So technically they had through NATO, they had jurisdiction to be there. So like real awful thing. And I guess it really yeah. soured uh, relationships between the United States and uh, Italy. And it was, I mean, it was in, 
it happened in 98 so it wasn't that like much long before they were over there filming this uh so i guess it would make sense if a guy if they randomly just did run into a guy and the guy was like did you cut my cable car <laughs> like yeah <laughs> um maybe well i i'll believe it for now i'll yeah. believe whatever david chase says um so uh then we have the final negotiation scene um where where they're coming up on this ruin and they're also having a lot of like they're doing the thing where you talk about a lot of other shit uh (laughs) to not talk about the business thing and you know you know you're building up to talking about the business thing but they're talking about this uh, mythology and way before the romans uh you know the uh the greeks or the greeks were here and the romans were here and then there was someone else and before them somebody else uh and all that and someone's always in power uh and Tony reads off this thing. The rulers would come from across the ancient world to hear Sybil's predictions of their future. And they go in the cave and, uh, you know, she's she's this uh, mythological figure to him, uh, pretty much. And he gets a little reading that, uh, what is it she says exactly? Do you remember? Um, You're your own worst enemy. That's right. Yes. Yeah. And yeah, so, which it, is like, <laughs> as Tony points out, that's pretty much true of everyone. Yeah, and then when he talks about who you remind me of, is he talking about Melfi or is he talking about his mother? Melfi. Melfi, right? Okay, I just want to make sure. So, but but he does want to fuck Melfi. At least he says he did. And but the thing is, what's your read on how he immediately just happily says yes to ten thousand lower? Because it kind of caught me by surprise because. They go for Furio, and then he says, all right, I'm going to drop it from 90000 to 85000 And then she agrees. Mm-hmm. Then he, I guess he does mention, and then more guys on my timeline. And then she says seventy five, And he smiles and says yes. And clearly, I mean, yeah. we know after that he's very upset uh, because when we see him back in Jersey. But what, what, is it just the feminine charms that overtook him? Like he got caught up in the moment? Like what's your read on why he folds immediately all of a sudden? Well, I don't, uh, I don't know because I thought it was like, uh, I mean, if you lower it by five and then they request ten and you're immediately like, all right, <laughs> then it's like, oh shit, um, that probably means it was worth way less at the start for him and he's still gonna make a good profit and gets what he wants. But then at the end, he is all upset. But I also think it's in Tony's character to be like. Uh, oh, why did I do that? That was so stupid, even though it's probably a fine deal. Because maybe he just realizes, wait, these guys aren't going to be loyal to me at all. What did I do? It could <laughs> well, be that as well. Is, but I also read it as, in any negotiation, if someone's like 90, and then then you agree to 85, but if they yeah. jump to the 75, and you don't even bother, you, you at the very least, you throw out, okay, 80. Like Like, that's supposed to be the sign... Like, he has a perfect opportunity at the very least, even if he's still going to make money, at the very least to be like, okay, 80 then. Because you, mm-hmm. you you went a little far. I was not giving you a lot. We're meeting in the middle. But he doesn't do that. And, they, I mean, I believe it's it's got to be very deliberate the way he, like, happily says it. Uh, but I don't know. It's just interesting. I, maybe it is just, like, that Melfi, that connection and then he he tries to like I don't believe him when he says the whole like but I don't shit where I eat like I I feel like he's posturing there, um, yeah. where he's he's cu- trying to come off like he's that good of a businessman where he can even say like yeah well, of course I want to fuck you but I'm not gonna, but eh 
I don't know. I guess it's just the Mel- the Melfi thing, and then. But I do love his reaction when he's back, and he's going. Did I say we did really good business wise? Did I tell you guys that yet? <laughs> yeah. Well, uh, I mean, just quick about the Melfi thing. She says it's someone back there you want to fuck, and he he doesn't agree. He says, "Oh, really?" Uh, and he agrees that he wants to fuck her, okay. but he doesn't agree about Melfi. But he he kind of has a look like eh, maybe a little bit, uh, you know. <laughs> uh, but yes, it's weird because he goes down to eighty five. <laughs> this is this is how intricate we get in this podcast. We need to d- dissect the business dealings of these uh, illegal uh, transactions back and forth. But it is linked to his psychology, and that is the whole core of the show here. Um, so he goes to eighty-five. They uh, for Furio. That's the thing also that I don't get because he's doing he's doing quite a lot just to get one guy. And then when he adds more guys on my timetable, that's the actual thing he wanted, right? And also saying on my timetable is such a vague thing you maybe want to nail down something specific because otherwise you can't say later hey you didn't do the thing if he said maybe like and 20 guys by the end of the year then it would be like holy shit he's really getting something out of this but when he's just like whatever i mean i'm sure they will show up in whatever episode and like now the guys are here on my timetable (laughs) or whenever whenever he needs them when junior makes his move and it's like we're gonna we're gonna like throw neapolitans at him he's gonna be like 20 (laughs) neapolitans just just running into gunfire yeah much like the guy in the wheelchair in italy but it's gonna be 20 of them so he's gonna suffocate at the bottom um (laughs) Because he has his own wheelchair in this episode. <laughs> but yes, I guess it's a bad deal. I I mean, we think it's kind of a bad deal from the start because I'm not sure what he gets out of it. But hey, we get a new cool character coming into town. It's going to be interesting. Hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I guess I read it as like... Uh, like thinking about it now, and, and like you'd already mentioned when they're having lunch, uh, the, the, the way they're showing it, they are doing close-up on her lips... We see that he's like checking out her ass when she's uh, golfing, but I don't think I, I, she hasn't brought up anything sexual the whole time. And I do think it is important that when they have that discussion, and yeah, she's talking about you know this is where my father was born, this is where I was born, and then we built the big house over there. If you do watch it, he does lean in, and he he is making more of a pass in this moment, like an actual like like he's he's like touching her leg in a way and leaning in. That's more of like a romantic pass. And yes, she does get called away, but she's kind of quickly doesn't acknowledge it at all and gets up and walks away. And I guess this is mm-hmm. kind of the first time she's acknowledging her, you know, sexual power with Tony Soprano. And even though he is trying to rebel against it, I think it's important in him caving on this particular deal and not even trying to negotiate it a little bit higher. At least that's what I'm reading and thinking about it now. I think that's kind of what they're getting at. Yeah. I mean, yeah, I think that's the whole thing of the negotiation goes this way and that. And he he kind of gets what he wants, but then fucks up at the last second because of this. And when she leaves, I see that as just as much of a power play as when she spits on the ground on the beach and leaves. Like her leaving in that moment is even more of her holding on to the power that she has over him in that moment to then bring him to a weird cave and talk about sexuality. You want to fuck that person back home, right? Yeah, and yeah. now let's talk business. Now we talk the business. <laughs> well, and it's interesting because then when we get back to Jersey, they've all failed on their trip. Uh, I mean, because Tony, like we, Tony's so pissed, he's just going to leave Christopher at the airport. He's like, fuck it, leave him here, drive. Uh, yeah. He's so mad, but he keeps talking about how great they did. And uh, Pauly's moment is so perfect where he's acting like he had a great trip, 
but he has they have that shot of him like seeing the industrial like rundown jersey and he has like a small little grin on his face like ah i'm home you know and then Christopher, obviously, like he's scrounging for a gift in the gift shop because he did nothing but get high and stay in his room the whole way. So what a great it really would be. You know, we always talk about sitcoms like what a great weird fucking road comedy. This would have been of, of <laughs> a bunch of guidos go to Italy and fucking fail in different spectacular ways. <laughs> yeah. And a very special episode of The Sopranos. They go to Italy. Um yeah, uh, absolutely. And, you know, come to think of it, has C- Christopher done anything useful this season so far? Because no. I cannot think of anything. Yeah, he's really like he was kind of earning some goodwill towards the end of season one a bit, even though yeah. he was still like somewhat comedic and goofy, but he was kind of coming into his own. But this season, it's a different type of it's not the same like uh, loudmouth idiot guy. It's more like this subdued druggy loser guy, which is more of a bum out, I feel. Yes. So then it ends with Tony coming home and uh, Carmilla sort of realizing, uh-oh, which I hope they do something with. I hope, because I've said in the past couple of episodes that, oh, it's nice to see them more on the same page and, you know, fighting for something. And now if they're doing a whole episode about her realizing this, I don't want it to be like, oh, now we're just back to regular home house life. I mean, I'm sure it will be, but I want, like, I want, something from this like i it could still be called the sopranos if they get a divorce or whatever might potentially happen um i'd be interested in something like that if since they've chosen to do this because it honestly could have gone of of, of i don't know the other way where it gets more positive but then again tony is still not seeing a therapist he is still not doing well or treating his family well uh although i think he did all right in the previous episode i mean he didn't like he didn't did not throw Meadow out of the house, even though he was talking about you can't do that because uh, they'll they'll arrest you and all that. So uh, I don't know. I, it's interesting. I just hope it's not another thing of like, oh, we really hate each other and we're just gonna be in the status quo forever. And like like with the priest of like her exploring that and then realizing this is a dumb thing. Like I hope she explores this and then goes somewhere with it. Yeah, yeah. I mean, and, and like I was saying last week. Um uh we're we're seeing some of the the kind of flashes of greatness of what like Edie Falco can do so uh you know I welcome seeing more of Carmilla and uh her journey and what what how she's going to react and what choices she'll make so and like I said that was probably a bit different from when I originally watched it and I was like mob show dude kick ass come <laughs> on get him with a hammer yeah. yes i can imagine um so by the way if you at home want to share your thoughts on this episode or any of the upcoming episodes you can send us an email to shows what you know show at gmail.com uh we're also discussing the handmaid's tale uh on our podcast gilead gazette and we're discussing Westworld on our podcast, Westworld Theories. And both of those should be available on your podcatcher of choice um, if you just search for them. And if they're not, you can send us a message on that email and let us know. Uh, we need to get on whatever podcast app you're using and we'll make sure to fix it. So you can catch up on that. And of course, Shows What You Know is our main feed that contains all the episodes of everything we discuss. Um, you can also check out showswhatyouknow.com for all the episodes and everything going on there. And- or youtube.com slash what you know where we do our live streams all kinds of great stuff well and one of the good things too i usually at least from what i found if you search shows what you know in your podcast app it should bring up our all our shows typically 
so that could help as well. And you can also find more of Jacob at awesomepedia.org and awesomepedia on YouTube. And you can find more from me at jimandthem.com and jimandthem on YouTube. Very good. Now, I just have one thing I'm wondering. What's that? Cut to black. (gasps) 